After some um, serious consideration, I have um, made a decision to um, step away from competitive golf after this season. And uh, this is obviously a, a very difficult decision for me to make since I love this game very much, but I know it's the right one. The reason for this um, decision is that I have, um, I have a lot of dreams that I want to follow and want to live. I'm getting married in uh, January. And Mike and I want to start a family. I want to continue to build the Annika brand of businesses. I am very, very proud of what I've achieved. Golf has been great to me. I think I've achieved more than I ever thought I could. I have given it all, and it's been fun. We're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, you're well placed. Jersey on one more play. I give it my all. It has been my pleasure and my honor to represent you all. The best ever. How do you even wrap your head around a title like that? Having a phrase to that effect be spoken right after your name for, well, always. Once you've entered that conversation, you never really leave it. Being a goat that is, greatest of all time, is not exactly a concrete mission one sets out to achieve when kicking a ball around in the backyard as a kid. As any athlete knows, the pie-in-the-sky goals come with fine-tuning all the little details so that you achieve the smaller goals on the immediate path in front of you. It means getting your head down focused, putting in the work almost every day, so that you can sink a three-foot putt practically with your eyes closed because you've done it a million times. And then one day, sinking that three-foot putt means scoring a 59 on the LPGA Tour, which makes you the only female golfer ever to do so in competition. Then you've won 10 majors, 72 official LPGA tournaments, eight Player of the Year awards, you hold various all-time scoring records, you topped the LPGA's career money list with earnings of over $22 million, and your nearest rival on that list can't even touch you. In 2003, you become the first woman to play in a PGA Tour event in nearly 60 years. And then, one day, yeah, you are the greatest ever. That, alright, in less eloquent prose than she absolutely deserves, is the story of Annika Sorenstam. Goodness sakes, a lot of folks. This is absolutely fascinating. What's going on with Annika Sorenstam right now? She has now birdied 10 of 11 holes. Already with the most birdies in one round during an LPGA event. She'll break the 18-hole scoring record and the 36-hole scoring record for an LPGA event. And Annika Sorenstam, 35 years old, in search of her 10th major championship. And there it is, title number three, finally. All career Grand Slams. Now, on the LPGA, the majors have changed a little bit, but during her time as a player, she won all the majors available. 
It is my deep privilege and honor to present to you induction into the Hall of Fame, Annika Sorenstein. Being the woman's golf goat is part of her story, as we'll hear today. Sorenstam is also a businesswoman, a fitness enthusiast, a philanthropist, a mom, a wife. What's it like, though, to step away from your sport having done it all? What does it mean to start a new chapter having closed the last one as the best ever? Today, we start our episode at an end, the end of that chapter. Annika Sorenstam's final season in 2008. I really didn't know what to expect because, you know, I'd never done it before. And so I every week came into, was different. Different tournaments had different way of saying, you know, like a farewell tour. And so I didn't really know what it was. Um, I think for me, it was, you know, I still had a whole year and I'm still very competitive. So I, I still wanted to focus on, you know, performing. You know, I've always, I've always wanted to do my best and give it my all. So it was very difficult to have this kind of weekly celebration, if you know what I mean, <laughs> which was certainly appreciated and all, you know, heartwarming. Uh, but I also, you know, I cared about the season, how you know, player of the year, winning tournaments and so forth. I still wanted to leave it on a high and not just kind of like sink and and go away. So, yeah, but it was, uh, it was, it was very nice, but it was very emotional. I mean, it was ups and downs and trying to separate, you know, kind of the memory lane was still, Hey, you know, I'm still just 37 years old. No doubt it's tricky navigating the two different headspaces present and giving voice to the quote-unquote needs of a final season. On the one hand, there is an element of wanting to suck in every bit of the nostalgia, the bigger meaning of the journey, especially in Sorenstam's experience, when there's been so much personal growth and so many milestones. Going from a starry-eyed 25-year-old winning the U.S. Open Cup to a 37-year-old in a league of her own. But at that same time, when you're that type of competitor with that fire to be the best, you want to end on a high note. It's like a constant game of pushing mushy emotions away, but recognizing when to let them linger for a little. When she finally did get to the end of her last season, leaving behind the game that had given her so much didn't shake her to her core in some seismic way. Rather, Sorenstam was ready. There was so much of life to be experienced ahead. I think that um, all of a sudden things kind of open up, like, whoa, there's friends and there's activities and there's, uh, you know, being staying put in one place and I'm packing the bag. And um, sounds funny, but actually getting to know your neighbors and knowing the names of the streets where you live, you know, just... I just didn't know the names. I knew my street, but I just never really cared about <laughs> everything else. So I would say that um, it just opened it up. It was like, whoa, it's kind of like, wow, uh, lightning to see some some more things in, in kind of where I was living. Because I was just so focused on when I got home. It was unpack, practice, go to the store, run all the errands, boom, boom, back to practice and leave. That it was just very, you know, it was a very small world, if you know what I mean. All of a sudden yeah. it just opened up. Being a virtuoso in the golf world affected Sorenstam's identity in big, positive ways. The impact her athletic career had on her sense of self 
really allowed Sorenstam to take on the new challenges in front of her off the course? I think number one is it gave me, um, I mean, a few things. I mean, it gave me a lot of confidence. Confidence, you know, knowing to achieve your goals. Uh, confidence that, you know, you're, you're pretty decent at something. And um, so I think that that just gave me the ability to not be afraid of other things, the ability to, like, welcome new challenges, to have an open mind with, you know, the, with the confidence behind it. And, you know, I started this business in 2008, and, well, the Annika brand of businesses. The Annika brand of businesses, guided by the statement, Share My Passion, includes various ventures relating to golf, fitness, and charitable works. Sorenstam has been involved in golf course design projects. The Annika Foundation serves to offer development opportunities and tournaments for women's golfers at all levels around the world. Other branches include a limited wine label, clothing line, and a fragrance. And, you know, I was at the top and I was very confident. And all of a sudden we hit, an, as you know, an economic turndown. Or, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, whoa, hang on a minute. You know, I'm an 18 handicap in business and, you know, we're trying to raise money for a foundation. You know, we're selling high-end wines. You know, we are, have a high-end golf school and, you know, people are literally, you know, they got their hands in their pockets. And so kind of, it was a wake-up call. Uh, Mm. But in the back of my mind, I was still, you know what, I just, like anything, you know, just, you can't expect to be number one in the world by just jumping and playing in a tournament. I had to put in my work in, in the business area. I had to, you know, pay the dues in this area. So, but I certainly just quickly just say, hey, it was, it gave me confidence to believe that what I had was good enough, you Mm -hmm. know, to come from Sweden and and just do the things I did. I mean, of course, it's hard work and dedication and commitment and all those things, but it's possible. So I think just having that, knowing that you can do it is, is really what I left with. Golf clearly prepared her in a lot of ways for what was ahead as an entrepreneur. Many of the athlete skills even crossed over, becoming important in a very different sphere of her life. They're very much involved in sports. I mean, they're very active. Motherhood, and well, being a mom to young athletes. I, you know, both my husband and I were active people. I've always been in sports. Our son is very uh, sporty and, and sport-oriented. Um, you know, they are, golf is one of them, on both of them. Our son is very, he's into golf quite a bit. He also has soccer, baseball, and basketball. Um, His name is Will and Ava. You know, she's a little bit more of a free spirit. You know, she does a little golf. She does rock climbing, hip-hop, a little soccer. (laughs) You know, she's just kind of all around it, but nothing really focused yet. You know, she's also very, you know, like she can draw and sing and stuff like that. So it's different personalities. As far as what kind of mom I am, I mean, I I like to say I'm a hands-on. Um, I love being involved with them. I mean, I do, I take our commitments quite seriously as far as if we sign up for a team or a game, you know, we're going, um, I, it's just because that's what you do. And, but I'm not, you know, I always tell them after a season, if they don't like it, they don't have to do it Mm -hmm. again, but you know, we commit, we finish the product. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I try to be very encouraging. I try to be, you know, uh, I want them to obviously have a lot of confidence and self-esteem, which I think sports do to you. Uh, but I also want them to know that, you know, life um, can be difficult. I mean, it's mm. just because I've been good at something doesn't mean, you know, things to be giving to them. They have to put in the work, whether mm. it's, you know, chipping or putting or, you know, 
hours on the soccer field or, you know, climbing that wall, they got to put it in and, and that's what you get out. So um, I like to say I'm there as the support, but I'm also a little bit, okay, I release the leash a little bit, you mm. know what I mean? And just, but if worst case, I pull it in if needed. That sounds yeah. a little, but you know what I mean? It's like, I'm there, but I, I don't, I'm going to let them try to figure it out a little bit on their own. But uh, certainly we drive them to literally every game and everything. So we're right there, which is fun. So it doesn't sound like you're the kind of sports mom that's up and off the sideline and screaming with the clipboard. <laughs> no, no, not really. But I mean, our son actually did a drive, chip and putt uh, sectional yesterday, which was the second stage. And, you know, he had a okay, you know, maybe not his best day of golf. And so somebody came up to me, they said, do you get more nervous playing or being watching <laughs> you? And I'm telling you, you get more nervous watching them. I really do. Maybe because I've already had my career and as far as so, but well, of course. I mean, it's like it's nerve-wracking. You always think, "Oh, is he thinking about that? Does can he see it's uphill?" Is it? <laughs> of course, I have those thoughts, <laughs> and then it's like, "Okay, he's got to learn." You know, I mean, he's got to see it as own because for me, helping him doesn't help him long term. So I mean, right there, you know, kind of high five and a little bit, you know, thumbs up, but you know, not the one that you know has a lot of comments to say other than when you sit in the car and say, "Just I'm proud of you," and it's fun to watch you. Unlike soccer, basketball, pretty much all the other sports, golf is unique because you can play it well past what is considered athletic prime. Sorenstam is not on the Legends Tour, which is the official LPGA tour for women 45 and older. Can I just, honestly, it's shocking how much I've learned about golf through this episode. I started off knowing, I'm not going to pretend like I really know anything now, but I started off with maybe like negative 87 knowledge about this sport. Now I know these phrases and terms. Annika Sorenstam has touched my life in this unexpected way, making me a better sports, whatever this is, journalist, podcast host. Anyways, she's not on the Legends Tour, but she still plays a bit. And her relationship to playing the sport has obviously changed. Yeah, I would certainly say it's less intense. Um, <laughs> I... Um... I mean, I do play with the kids a little bit. Uh, you know, the four of us, the family will play a little bit. And, um, you know, I go practice once in a while. But I don't, you know, I don't really have anything to really push me. So I don't go out and practice 18 holes. Very seldom go out, do I go out on my own and practice. Unless the kids have practice and I take them there and then I'm just kind of there. I might as well practice on my game. I do a lot of charity events. I do a lot of fundraisers, you know, with Annika Foundation. I do clinics and so forth. So I'm involved in the game of golf on a regular basis, um, but not as far as my own game. It's, it's not a priority. Golf meant so much to Annika Sorenstam. It still does. It always will. Saying goodbye to an experience you loved, something that gave and taught you so much because you are ready to start something new, does not necessarily mean neatly packaging that experience, slapping a bow on it, and storing it away separate because it's a relic of the past. Sorenstam's story has shown the closing an old door, opening a new door process can be quite the opposite. Maybe the best thing you can do when moving on is to take your sport with you. Take the essential elements, lessons from your time as an athlete. A lot of us play a game for 15, 20 plus years, starting from when we still have a bit of wobble in our step. If sport, the people it connected us to, skills it gave us, is so significant, so stuck to our side in that first phase of our life, the most 
formative phase in many ways, why wouldn't it still be relevant for the later stages? I think, um, you know, a lot of people could be nervous what's what's up next. And I think that, um, you know, I was surprised how my, how, how my sport prepared me for the for other parts of life, whether it was motherhood, whether it was business or just, you know, just the next chapter in my life. And you'd really see the synergy between sports and what it, you know, what it really did. I think when you're living it, you, you know, you don't really think of maybe what's the purpose of practicing other than performance, but you realize, wow, you know, it's, it's the hard work, the dedication, the goal setting, you know, all of those things, it will come back to you. And it's going to be an easier asset because a lot of people haven't even done it. So uh, it is fun to experience this new chapter. And I would just appreciate the sport, you know, that you were in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just kind of leave it on a high and then see what, what, what you can offer. I think a lot of athletes have a lot to offer that they probably think that they don't. You know, they think they're just good at one sport. But, again, I'd be surprised how much that sport has can help them in other areas. So, I think there's an area that needs to be discussed a lot more, the benefits of being an athlete and turning that into business, turning into just things you can do in community because it's kind of just the core of skills that we learn from sports. I'm sorry to make your ears bleed, but I couldn't leave the interview with this Swedish legend without using a bit of my very, my very awful Swedish. Talk to make it. All right. Well, good. Glad you're enjoying Uppsala. It's a nice place. Thank you to Annika Sorenstam for coming on to the podcast. And thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time.